What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, sponsored by UberLiftDrivers.com. I'm SJ, and uh, tonight we're going to be talking with Marissa Edens about uh, AB5. She is also a veteran driver as well. Uh, she's been driving for about three years. I've been driving for six, as I've said on past episodes. Um, but before we get into that, I just wanted to bring up um, a couple things. First of all, the you know the, the crazy week that it was, uh, and still is continuing to be. I'm not going to get political on this because that's not what I'm. That's not the intention of this podcast, but. Uh, I do want to, you know, take a moment of silence here for the George Floyd uh, situation, the protesters, especially the pro, and actually only the pro, only the protesters who are doing it for the right reasons. The people who are out looting and doing that stuff in the after hours, beyond the protests and beyond the curfews, um, you know, you guys, even the family has asked you to stop, and I mean, hopefully it'll start dying down soon, because I know, at least here in Denver, it's not the same group of people out uh, in the day protesting as in the night causing the issues. Um, and right before our curfew, about an hour before our curfew, we see uh, quite an influx of a whole new group of people that you can tell are, are you know, they're coming in an hour before curfew, they're not doing anything right at the curfew. They're waiting till the police till about an hour after. So it seems like they're letting the people who are doing the peaceful protests and doing it for the reasons that it should be, they're letting it happen, almost supportive of it. And uh, so far, so good. It's even here in Denver, we've had a couple little jolts, but I mean, pretty much it's, you know, it's been in the after curfew hours when, you know, They've even the police have even said if you throw, once you throw a bottle, once you uh, do anything, attack towards them. They, I mean, that's police one hundred and one. Is they they have to defend themselves, you know. And I'm I'm not taking the side of the police here. I I really don't want to get political or tied into this because really what I want to do is just say please, looters, all that stop. Protesters keep protesting as long as you're doing it peacefully. Uh, I, I think the amount of people turning out is great, and it's, you know, it's more than we've seen in the past when things of this nature have happened. So how about like a 10-second uh, moment of silence for George Floyd, though? So to the, the family of George Floyd, our thoughts, prayers, everything go out with you. And to the protesters, please be safe. Don't stay out after the curfews. Uh, don't be part of that scene that has become the looting and the hijackers taking away the protest. And, um, but quite a sad week. And as we move forward here, uh, you know, all this, will, you know, obviously businesses are down again across the board so now with covid now we also have businesses that are small businesses that were ready to reopen in santa monica and other places which are now being pushed way back if indefinitely i mean they were a lot of smaller businesses were really to the penny and their businesses have been burnt ruined looted um so we you know this we really need to get a grip on our country also you know I mean, I'm, I'm seeing so many people 
without masks. And I know, you know, different variations and there's different ways to handle it. Uh, um, and I'm not just talking about in rideshare or the gig economy world, but there's just been a lot of people uh, who in the beginning even, I know, were wearing masks, were trying to help. And I'm not saying at home you need to do it or in your backyard or if the people that you live with and you're around. Obviously, the, you've, we've all adapted a bit. But we still have to be sensitive to all the people out there who are higher at risk and the elderly and our grandparents. And even if we don't have grandparents anymore, just the, the fact that we have to take care of the people who are at higher risk. And that is our responsibility to, when going to the store, have a mask on. You know, maybe you don't have to wear it any other time. Maybe all you do is go to the store right now or work from home. Um, maybe, uh, you know, went out walking. Uh, you know, I was out walking my dog the other day and uh, passed a person, and I didn't have my mask on. saw him coming from a block away, pulled my mask up. They didn't. Uh, I made sure to keep quite a distance from them, but they had a mask around their neck, but they didn't pull it up. And... Uh, it just it just seems like people have kind of almost given up with with the covid and i i can understand i know that there's a lot of sides to this but it's uh let's just try and remember everybody here because we seem to be spinning out in all these directions and i you know I, I guess the next few weeks will tell us something with all the uh protest groups i've seen out there and i know many have been wearing masks but it'll just be interesting to see what comes of that from those numbers as well. Okay, so Uber has suspended operations in some cities during the curfew hours. Uh, Oakland, L.A., San Francisco, uh, Minneapolis, obviously. Um, and at the same time, Uber Eats, Postmates, DoorDash, Seamless, they will be reopening uh, during the non-operating curfew hours for the rideshare companies. So it's very strange. I'm not really sure if that's a legal thing or if they didn't write it in correctly that they didn't, you know, that they didn't want anybody driving during then, but they forgot to write in the food portion. I'm, I'm confused because I, as I understood it, Uber took it upon themselves to enforce these curfews of no drivers. Well, how is it any better to have people delivering food? I mean, they're the same risk. You're still delivering in downtown areas. You're you're being around a lot of this. So a um, little confusion there, but that is going on. I don't know if that will be happening in other cities here, too. I guess we'll have to see what the week brings us in terms of the protests and are we are we reaching a cap with them or how's how's all that going, basically. Um, just kind of waiting to see. I, I was hoping that yesterday we'd see it die out a bit, but even here in Denver, it was still quite the the scene, and I know other cities were the same. Uh, just uh, tough times, you know. Uber has introduced a new hourly rate system. Now, I used to drive for a for Denver limo, and. Uh, Aside from just limos, I would I would drive their black car service. And I know that my boss, or the person who would hire me, because, again, I was an independent contractor as well when I worked for Denver Limo. All the drivers were. But uh, he, he would charge, let's say, for a black car service for the, you know, 
whatever hours you wanted if you were flying in for the day needed to be in the denver tech center and go to a bunch of places you could hire uh, a black car service from us and it was just tops you had ice cold water you had a brand new mercedes you i had to wear a suit and tie even in the summer uh it was it was very white glove black car service and it was it was top notch and my boss would charge 75 80 an hour and pay me around 50 um, maybe on occasions he'd charge more for lesser time but if it got up like seven eight hours it would be that um but with that uh came me using the company's brand new mercedes not my car all expenses being paid by denver limo not by me um and me making that plus always an, an amazing cash tip i mean i would be tipped you know if i had somebody for six hours who flew in for the day for business meetings they might tip me two three hundred bucks on top of the 50 an hour i was making well now uber uber's doing this hourly uh for longer multi-stop trips um, and i've seen fifty dollars and forty dollars i'm not really sure what's going on there is that what the driver is being paid is that what uh is that what Uber's taking? And we don't know what the driver's going to make of that yet. And regardless, as a six-year driver veteran, I pretty much know I wouldn't want, especially during this COVID situation, I wouldn't want those hourly rate trips with multi-stops because I don't think the clientele is the same that I just described from when I was working with Denver Limo with Black Car Service. So it, it almost sounds like a black car service type thing with that hourly rate, but I see it being very abused. You know, a lot of stops that are might be random even, not just grocery store, like weird stuff. Um, just people knowing that they had you for an hour and they can kind of get everywhere they need to be in an hour or two and just paying that, you know, lower fee to Uber. How much they'll pay the drivers, who knows. Um, but I'm very interested to see where that goes to. Uh, Still no finalization with the Grubhub Uber merger, uh, except for the uh, waters are a little muddier now. I know that uh, Grubhub um, had added a few things this past the past few days, especially uh, where they want to uh, have in a, a basically if this doesn't go well will still be paid X amount of money. So they want to have like a, a contingency in place in case this merger doesn't go well. To me, that's very, that's a very strange thing. It seems like if you're the company merging with the larger company that you kind of have to just make a deal and go with it. And I guess a deal can be anything and this, this is the way they want this deal. But to me, it seems like you'd have to, to make this deal really work with on the Uber side too, you're going to need to roll the dice and take a chance here as Grubhub. I mean, you're not going to be able to say, hey, if this doesn't work out, Uber, you're going to owe me this. You're going to owe us this much money because Uber's in enough trouble as it is, and this is going to be a reach for them to take on this project. So how on earth can they agree to, if they're going to put in all their PR, marketing, this, that, the other, and I know, yeah, we all question what that really looks like. But to be honest, if they're going to do that, they're going to take on the Grubhub clientels and all this. It should be left as a, a gamble on both these parties' parts, in, in my opinion. Um, but regardless, uh, it's uh, 
uh, we'll see what happens with that as well. Uh, so it's it's been quite a week, uh, you know, with with what happened in Minneapolis last week. It's a little somber here today, but uh, I'm going to have Marissa in here, and uh, we're going to do the talk about, or we're going to discuss AB5 a little bit, see where we get to tonight. And then she'll be back in a couple weeks, and we'll uh, re-talk about AB5 again uh, in more depth with some insights from other people after we do just this kind of general, let's just open it up about AB5 tonight. Um, and uh, hopefully she's going to be sitting in next week too, but next week we're not going to tap on any one project. We're gonna, I'm going to play catch up a little bit on all the stories I've been pushing and things I've wanted to address and putting closure to PUA and a lot of things that uh, I think that next week instead of having a, a more of a... a uh, a new company or one big topic. I'm just going to kind of do some cleanup from the past six weeks and get us back to where we should be because we seem to be falling into the format, um, which is another thing. I want to get back to the shorter, a little shorter times. Last week we, we ran a little late because I double booked uh, the people we had on the on the podcast, but I thought it was a great podcast and uh, there was a lot to be taken in. I, I guess I could have split it into two, but uh, I ran it long. Sorry about that. And uh, hopefully you guys listened through the end, though, because was, there was good information in there. And uh, we'll be following up with that as well uh, with David uh, here soon. But, yeah, for right now, let me, uh, let me get Marissa and bring her in. Okay, so tonight we have uh, Marissa Edens, who is also a veteran driver of three years with us, uh, with me here tonight. Um, actually, the first person in the studio. So, Wow, I feel special. We're COVID distancing. <laughs> uh, we're doing it right, but this is the first person I've had. What do you think of the studio? It's awesome. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, it's homemade, but it's... Uh, You're getting it put together. It's, it looks good. I like it. Um, it also happens to be my bedroom to people, by the way. So I'm like living out of my podcast room or whatever. <laughs> but um, so we're going to talk about AB5 a little bit because I, I mentioned it the past weeks, but we haven't really. And most of you probably know the the nuts and bolts of it, but we're just going to go through it for those who don't. And then trying, I'm going to try and get some feedback from both sides. And bring that back together in a couple weeks because with the lawsuits and everything going on and now being on the ballot, I just a lot of timing and things every week things could change. So I feel like in two weeks will be a good revisit point. But let's first talk about AB5 because some people absolutely don't know what it is, what's going on. And a, a little bit of my opinion might come out tonight um, uh, where I sit with it. That doesn't mean that I'm against the other side, it just means that how I see it benefiting me might come out this evening and Marissa might the same. I, I don't know, but we'll, we'll go from here and see what I'm going to just kind of wrap it in a little bit here first and then we'll get into talking about it. So last S September, 2019, uh, Gavin Newsom signed into law AB five that would become effective January 1st, 2020. So when, when we hit the new year, California law now included AB5 as a law that companies had to follow. 
And the new law basically, in a nutshell, is just it, it's forcing into, if it, if it's enacted and if it's enforced and if it's if the companies comply and everything were to go smoothly, which I think as we move forward here talking about this, you're going to see it's not going to do this. But if it did, the the nuts and bolts of it are basically uh, the law forces all independent contractors to become employees for gig platforms and for all IC employees to get uh, for all IC uh, employers to then flip them over to employees with benefits and uh, yeah I mean it's it's uh, I don't know help me out here Marissa <laughs> well I would say the intent was a lot of it was tax dollars to be able to collect the taxes that aren't necessarily being paid by a company who hires independent contractors. Um, but also it's for a safety net for the workers. Uh, the, the workers that are fighting for this are wanting um, the same things that an employees have, you know, guarantees of a minimum wage, benefits, uh, Things like social security and unemployment when work isn't available. But so, don't you think that a lot of these pro AB five people? I don't, know, I, I don't know how to say this right, but maybe they don't fully understand what AB five looks like <laughs> when it's really played out. Yeah, I I would say first off, a lot of gig workers don't understand don't fully comprehend their pay because they're paid by variables. So several, many variables. So it's not like they can compare it one to the next. So uh, I think a lot of people are having trouble fully comprehending what they earn as far as expenses and income to other people. And I think that makes it confusing. But then with AB5, say it again. Well, so... I mean, basically, these these workers are are wanting AB five, but I'm I'm thinking they don't see the the we haven't seen AB five played out. It's just a law. Nobody's following it. Nobody's filled out a W four. Nobody is a W two employee. Um. So even though it's law in California that they have to be employees, they're not employees. And I know you and I had talked about potentially mentioning COVID and its relationship to this, but I don't even think I want to touch on that tonight because even without that, it's, uh, it just, I don't know. It feels really sticky to me. Like, I just feel like I don't, to be honest, like most of the gig workers I know, almost everyone, and I, I'm not trying to, cause I, I do know that there's a lot out there who want this, but Almost all the ones I know who are true veterans really work this. It's not even a question in their mind. So I'm trying to get to the root of what, why you would want to be pro AB5. And I'm not dissing on it. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to figure it out myself because all myself, all the drivers I know absolutely don't want that. We got into this to have the flexibility to be able to 
work when we want to be able to earn uh, way more than minimum wage. Like, I know me, I know, I think you too, we had kind of pars set, always have. Like, if it's a Friday night and I'm not making 30 an hour, I'm going home. Right. And then if that happened, you know, maybe the pro AB5 people say, well, that's what we're protesting because, well, your bad Friday night you did. Okay, well, my, even my bad Friday night, if I'm not pulling my 30, I'm still making more than what, what they're asking for. So I've been doing this six years, and I just have a way of even when the prices have changed and whatever, adapting. Right. And I still have pars set. Yes, I've had to bring them down, but I still have them. And if if it got to the point where my par was minimum wage and it doesn't go higher, well, I'm not going to do this. And, I, and I'm also not going to probably want to use the service because I, would, I know a lot of gig workers like me who probably would stop driving if it came down to you just make minimum wage and you have health benefits. Right. Even if it was a little more than minimum wage, I think the one thing about driving, I mean, I do both. I have W-2 work where I have set hours, set pay. I know what I'm going to make. I know what I'm going to be doing. And I know when I go in. Right. There's some advantages to that and there's some benefits that come with it. However, with driving, I can go out and if I plan it right, make way more money driving for my hours than I can make in my W-2 job. Plus I get to do it whenever I want. So it wouldn't benefit me now to take that, the driving job and make it a W-2 job. I wouldn't make any more than I make in my W-2 job and it wouldn't have that. It's the surge benefit, which if they take that away, you know, I don't know what we do, but well, they, but they've, the take, but they've taken of, it away and then they brought it back. They right. always, they're fine. I think they're finding it right. too. Like we, we, it always feels like they're taking, 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 but I think they're trying to figure out how do we. Right. Well, like with Lyft, when they stopped doing the surge, I would get the price guarantees, the right, the, the power zone. No, I would get the, um. If oh, I do the, 222 ride, or if I do 22 rides, I right. get 250 bucks. So it makes it a or little more than the ones like after midnight. If you do three in a row, I don't know. I didn't get those. I just okay. got the time for the week, so I would get them twice. So yeah, I might only be making three dollars a ride driving around Boulder and not make money the first two nights I drive. Right, but, but you then don't the care third night, you're just doing it on the number of rides right. you need to do. It doesn't matter because I, the third I've established night, that's worth could, this to me. Right, so. if I could get my five more rides, and suddenly I'm up to having made, you know, thirty-eight to forty dollars an hour for all the hours I worked that week. I agree, so, and I've seen it. I've seen mine come in way less. I would. I, I would have made half of what the guarantee is. And I also think so. I've you seen gotta, that guarantee work for me, is what I'm saying too. Oh, it always does. That's yeah. I would. Well, but you always do seem to the, get an airport run in the last one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or some some ride you don't want. Have I don't to know work why. A little more for your money. It, the, the, you another th- another reason why you might question everybody might question the way that the uh, algorithm works. So they say because <laughs> it sure seems like every time I'm on that last ride it's not it's not 10 blocks right every ride's been it's a 5 me minute ride I don't until go. the last save <laughs> me to a different town something something i don't need right <laughs> well and i think you are right that people maybe who are looking to be employees maybe haven't considered what that means because employees do have set hours uh yeah. so 
Uber can't very well hire every driver without scheduling hours. I mean, that means you don't get to work when you want to because they can't just leave it a free-for-all and everybody can log on at once and they have to pay you by the hour. No, it right, doesn't right, work right, that way. Right. They have to manage their schedule, and I think- which even is by location and time. So you could have a zone that you have to start in as well as hours that you have to work. Uh, that takes away... I do honestly believe that some people have learned this, though, um, who were, and maybe they still are pro AB5. Again, I I have friends who are pro AB5, or people, and, and I have people that I disagree with tremendously, but we're friendly about our conversations about it, who are pro AB5. Uh, I'm just going to say it, I guess. I, I happen to not be. I, I would prefer not to be AB5 ever. I would like to keep working how I've worked. Um, and obviously, uh, Marissa had brought up when her and I were talking before this, that, you know, some regulations need to be put in place. Obviously that word scares everybody always regulations, right? But there are some, I mean, we need to figure out something where the company gets help, but we, her and I were discussing even how like, you know, plumbers, uh, HVAC, uh, freelance artists, journalists, um, you know, they're, it, they're all getting uh, kind of screwed here, really. I mean, they're, you can't write more than 35 articles. We had a, a what was it? The uh, People are seeing these uh, letters coming back. Oh, we've already had hundreds of people seeing uh, termination letters saying they can't work because they live in California. So they can't be hired for these gigs because they live there. Right. Literally, AB5 has caused California independent contractors to be discriminated against in home-based work and right. a lot of freelance work that crosses state lines. But and I think where it gets a little tricky for people, though, where I was going with that, was that, okay, so take the HVAC guy or the plumber or whatever. If he's doing his job right, he's he's writing receipts out to everybody, he's taking the money, and he's paying the correct amount of taxes on that. So as a rideshare driver, if we're doing all the work and paying the taxes on ev- correctly on everything we do, there is a place where Uber does need to be paying something. But really, we're paying the tax. I mean, we're doing the job. We're paying the taxes. And whatever portion Uber's collecting on, I'm sure that they're not, not paying their taxes. They're paying them. They're just paying a lot less because they're not, we're not employees. Right. Well, normally an employee pays federal and state taxes in most states on their wages, as well as the employer is paying federal and state taxes on their wages. So in this new growing gig economy, there's a whole lot of people who are moving to these jobs that the states and the government are not collecting. They might be collecting from the, the, peop- the workers, if they're filing their taxes correctly, but they are not getting those wage taxes from the companies, which definitely right. I guess I guess what is I, a dollar loss because a lot of those people were employed on W twos before. So there's a loss to the tax funding. How, how do I say this? So I'm not even sure. I'm actually using, by the way, people like I mean, I could be using the music industry or the ones that we know who have been affected by AB5. I don't even actually know that HVAC people have been, but let's just use that again for as an example. 
So I have a friend who does that here in Denver. So I actually have, he's worked with me on pricing, cut me deals. I've kind of been a little more involved in seeing like receipts, how much things cost. So if he's going to put a new uh, system into my house, he goes and buys that system from the company that, that wherever he's working with, brings it here, charges me the labor parts. The company that sold it to him is paying their taxes on the selling him the unit. He's paying his taxes correctly. Taxes are paid correctly there. The end. So if Uber's paying their portion of the taxes and the drivers want to be ICs and they're paying their taxes correctly, it's, 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 it's almost hard for me even to see why the taxes aren't being paid equally. And I know this is where that word that we hate regulations has to come in a little bit because there has to be somewhere in there and, uh, you know, what happened with this uh, COVID and the PUA and stuff. But gig workers were only tops 5% of the, of the people needing PUA or the PPP loans or any of that. So, I mean, we were such a small percentage that really that went to so many different people. So much of this country is uh, freelance or ICs. I, mean, I don't think people realize that. Like, how many self-employed, like, just everything that this is, that's what this country is. It's true, and I think it's the self-employment system has been working. The independent contractor system has been working for a very long time. You know, maybe there is a way that gig, the gig economy doesn't quite fit into that, but they definitely fit into it better than they fit into the employment category. I would think. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so that, I, and so I, we didn't. I was just going to mention. I think you should take into account also, though, that here in your market, you do make good money. When you're driving, sure. when you make the plan and you know the times. But, but I have heard that it's it, not like that in every market, that there are some markets where people don't have sure. that earning potential. For sure. We had Jason on the show a couple of weeks ago who pointed out, you know, you couldn't make any money with, I can't remember which one it was, Postmates, but that you could, but that you could make money with DoorDash. Right. So in Boise, Idaho, you can't make any money on Postmates. Now, in Dallas, you can't make any money on DoorDash, but you can make money on Postmates. So, obviously, not only market-to-market, market, it's not just based on per capita and stuff, it's which, how is your city promoting which of the gigs? Right. Because, really, people fall into their, you know, if, if you use Grubhub, you use Grubhub. You're probably not searching every day between all these. Right. That's just how it goes. You find one you like, you use the app. You don't want to set up another account. If it costs 50 cents less to use Uber Eats, but you're loving DoorDash, my guess is you're going to use DoorDash anyway. Mm -hmm. So those kind of price margins were, and that's all they are in difference, a dollar or something. So when it comes down to the customer side, it's just a buck. They're going to go with the one they like, not that that dollar makes the difference. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I, I did want to jump back to the foundations of AB5 as well. So I think that most people, if they don't even know, they at least have heard this term, that AB5 ties its foundation to the 2018 uh, Supreme Court ruling for Dynamex, which established the ABC test. And I think that this gets... Obviously, this gets choppy because it's in courts all over the country. 
Uh, this is issues going on on the East Coast, West Coast, primarily in California. But I think it's strange that a decision that was made specifically for the case of Dynamex established ABC. Okay, that's fine for the Dynamex ruling. But I don't, I'm, I'm really not that sure why it was applied to just straight up the way it was wrote in 2018, not gig related, the same exact verbiage, no change in the wording to apply to all gig workers, which is A, uh, worker is free from control and direction in the performance of services. B, worker is performing work outside of the usual course of business of, high, of the hiring company. And C, uh, worker is customarily engaged in independently established trade, occupation, uh, or business. So for me, I know that a lot of the a lot of the places are saying that the plug-in for B is the toughest. But I was just thinking, I was talking to Marissa about this before we we started tonight. That C applied to me when I drove for the limo company, which I was talking about before I brought her on, um, that I was working for a company that exactly did this. So now even C applies, B applies. I, I, I don't know. When I, every time I look at this, it just doesn't scream gig economy uh, test to me. <laughs> Not test. What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I should look at this and go, this is how you establish if you're gig economy. Well, they're establishing whether or not gig economy is independent contractors. But it is, uh, it's set up that most gig jobs fail that test, really. All gig jobs. Right. So... If, I mean, that's my point. Like, if a test like this might be needed, maybe there's a A, B, C, D, E, F, G that's needed for the gig world. But to me, it needs to be completely rewritten and applied to the gig world. Right. To, I, I mean, I know it that sounds really easy, but it's not. It's This is not... How about if it was written specifically for the gig economy versus, you know some other industry and getting right exactly like it was 2018 was written for dynamex right why is that why is that what we're using to establish if you're a gig worker when the 2018 ruler ruling had nothing didn't even use the word gig (laughs) i mean the gig economy is now a huge part of the global uh jobs out there not just the u.s at all the global jobs so i mean we're going to use a ruling from a different case and i know rulings i know supreme court rulings get adapted and applied to things sometimes but i feel like more it's usually just a piece of this like this relates to this so we're going to use this ruling in our statement here i've never just seen it shift straight over like here's dynamex's abc now it's for the gig economy too if you don't if you don't pass those you're an employee it just seems like i mean it is the same as as how this was passed i mean the fact that i mean marissa was actually explaining it to me a little better than i 
had a had a way of understanding this, but I mean, I thought it was very strange how AB five passed. That it just kind of you know, there was some people making some chatter about it, um, which is great. I mean, you know, you have every right to demand what you want to get, but how it became law seemed really quick. It was in the news. And it had been in the news for a while, but then it was really in the news, and there was a small group, and they were pushing for Gavin Newsom to sign this. He did it over a weekend. He was supposed to do it one weekend. He didn't. They went off on social media the next, and then the next weekend, he did do it, and it was like, you know, on a Sunday morning or something weird, and I just, I find it really hard to believe that a state the size of California with... 209,000 just Uber drivers. This isn't Lyft or any other gig. 209,000 Uber drivers in the state. And Gavin Newsom can just say, okay, it's a law now that if you work for a gig platform, you're an employee. And we're going to use this test that wasn't created for the gig economy to establish it. Right. And if it wasn't something that enough people had an opinion about, then it probably would remain that way. But apparently at least, you know, 600 and some thousand people already have a strong opinion that they don't think it works. And so therefore it will go to the ballot. But yeah, if not enough people were interested, but so that's, just that's the in, question. But. Why didn't it just go to the ballot? Like, I guess maybe I shouldn't do this now because we'll just sit here and, and go back and forth yeah. with, I don't know. So maybe if anybody does know, again, this is one of those times, please email me. If you're pro AB5, Please email me. And it's not. I'm not looking to bicker. I actually am looking to learn and to pass on. So, um, UberLiftDrivers at gmail.com. Please email email me um, and and tell me what you think of it or or what I'm missing about the AB5 portions. I know that it looks good to think you know I'll be an employee. I'll get benefits. This, that, the other, uh, minimum wage. Uh, but we. We did see a form of this play out in New York last year, and what I remember of it was that it just hurt a lot of veteran drivers who were really good drivers who are the people you want out on the road. I mean, I, it seemed like everybody was, all, all of a sudden the ranking became so, something huge. How many rides have you done? What's your acceptance rate? And I mean, obviously in New York, some people are through the roof, and even they maybe worked 50 hours a week, but that even dwindled down to 30 tops if they were in that top 10% because they had to pick blocks to allow them to work because it was $15 an hour plus the maintenance on the car of thir- of 12 so it was $27 an hour that they were receiving. And I, I just hope everybody out there isn't hearing that and thinking that that's the new wage for Uber, and that's just how it's going to go, and that's why you want AB5. Because if that is, you really do need to do some more research. Um, and you also need to think about, uh, do you want to be an employee for Uber? I mean, Uber has, in the past two and a half weeks, they've laid off 6,700 employees. That's 25% of its global workforce. And 
the an additional 600 that is included in that number is from India, which was exactly 25% as well. So that seems to be their number across the board. They cut 25% of their employees. The Uber has cut zero drivers because your ICs. So you want to be an employee of this company so you get benefits, so you get minimum wage, but is this the company? I mean, if you really want to be an employee, there's a lot of jobs out there. And post-COVID, as we roll out of this, there's going to be a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. Because people lost their jobs, companies went under, things are going to change. And I just, if you, if what you really want to be is an employee, I think you're fighting to be an employee for the wrong company. <laughs> well, and I think... Because that's not what this was designed to do, people. It just... And I think we it also has to be considered that just like Uber lays off employees, when drivers become employees, uh, they're already saying, of course, Uber is not a proponent of AB5, obviously. So right. they're going to say things to make it not look good. But they're saying themselves that if all the employees in California have to turn into all the drivers in California become employees, that the current 209,000 drivers will drop to, what, 48,000? So it would be, I think it was one, was it 158, uh, something like that, because it was 158 or 154. Right. 154,000 would be, 76% of the 2009, 209,000 would be laid off according to Uber. Right. So if you're a driver in California and you're hoping for AB5, what is your guarantee that you're going to be amongst the 48,000 who are retained as employees or that you're going to be part of the 158,000 that doesn't work? Okay, so those are Uber's numbers, and some economists are saying that it's actually like an overestimate, like they're blowing it out of proportion, but... Other places are actually thinking it could be worse than yeah, that. Yeah, you had, you had mentioned the Berkeley Research Group, which said 80 to 90%. Could be potentially eliminated. Right, from the I workforce. mean, gone. Like, you can't. Right. And I mean, people. So, those get, are all estimates and numbers they're throwing out, but I mean, fighting to become an employee means that a lot of people will lose their jobs. So, how. I would think the veteran long-time drivers that put in a lot of hours are going to be the ones that have the most security. I don't know that for a fact. That's just my opinion. Well, I mean, it might work like New York. It might screw them, too. But where they get the they get the better picks. Right. You guys go in at midnight on Saturday, the best drivers, the longest drivers, pick your blocks, and all of a sudden you work 50 hours and you find out you can only work 28 now. But right. what is that? If that means that the best drivers get twenty-eight or thirty-two hours, what do you think you're getting at the bottom? Right. You're getting eight. Now you have to go find a full-time job because that's all you can get. And those shifts, at least in New York, and from what we've heard, would apply to anywhere that this happened. Stated, you you can't turn on at your house. You you are to be here when you turn on point A, and then it tells you after you pick up a person, drop them off, that they want you to move to here or they want you to stay where you are, even if it's a nasty neighborhood. They want you to stay right there. Whatever they're telling you, they're now your employer. You have to do this. 
you are on an hourly clock. You, I don't, I, I, I would also love for anybody to please email me, uberliftdrivers at gmail.com. If you know, if you can explain to me more why everybody seems on that, on the pro AB5 sides, seems so sure that flex air hours will be carried over and that you'll still be able to work whenever you want and that the ability to earn more than minimum wage will still be there. Um, that you'll have, a, that you'll still have an acceptance rate. Cause in my mind, you won't, you, you're going to have to, you're not even going to have a choice. You're going to get a ride. That's your ride. You don't take it. You're fired because you're an employee now. I would be really interested to hear from some New York drivers as to how this has worked and on any of those issues, is there, is there any flex time? Is there any kind of surge well, there's, or I mean, bonus we, pricing? We already, what was happens a, but when that you was need a little a bit different. That was a little bit different than AB5, though. Because yes. now New York is actually pushing for a more whole AB5. Mm-hmm. Whereas before they weren't. They but were just they were doing there, it a little right? bit. Right. And what you're asking already has been proven. No. I've right. talked to drivers. You can't just turn on and off. Right. It doesn't exist. In fact, you have to pick shifts, and you're assigned your time when you have to pick them, and then that's all you get that week. Right. You're not allowed to be on the platform. That's how employment works. Every industry works that way. There's no Duh. job that you can just walk in whenever you want and clock in. And the, and I mean, maybe there is, and I don't know. Again, I, you but... know, I got. I, I do have to. I do have to take this time. This time out here just to at least say that. People realize, Marissa and I, being veteran drivers, we have seen some some BS from Uber and Lyft. So we're not being pro-corporate Uber and Lyft here at all. I'm just trying to address AB5 because I think a lot of what they do sucks. Okay, so on the pro, to the pro-AB5ers, on that level, I agree with you because I do think the company needs to really pull its head out of its, you know, and do something different for drivers. Right. I mean, what they've done, these cutbacks, saying they're going to do things, false promises, PR that doesn't exist or that never gets done, um, those kind of things are only hurting them. They're still doing them. It's like, you know, a new leadership. I don't know what it is, but the, the Uber and Lyft do need to pick up their game as well. So don't take this as a slam. No, it's true. And I the pay cuts that I personally took from Uber and Lyft in the fall of 2018 have not been recouped in my earnings. And, you know, maybe that is part of what spurred on AB5 is these pay cuts that drivers took where they were actually making a better living and had to increase their hours to earn what they were earning before. But also like it's, it's what's a little scary is that the whole country is watching eyes on California right now. And if you think about it, the only two, the only cities that you really hear about, like a real push for AB5, I mean, even, I know there's other big cities too where there's some talk, but the only ones really are New York, uh, LA, and uh, kind of including San Diego, I think to some degree, but the LA drivers, New York, uh, San Francisco, and Seattle. And that's because of how many drivers there are, but that's part of the game, you guys. I mean, part of the game is... Massachusetts looking? Oh, everybody's looking. I'm just saying those cities really seem to really want AB5, and maybe that's because 
the, those markets, I mean, all the markets are flooded sometimes, but those markets are flooded. Yeah. You know, so I don't know what the solution is there. Sometimes that solution might be just like when you get a crappy job, you quit, you move on. <laughs> the solution might be pick up another gig. It might be take another job. And I, I know that's not what you want to hear, but you can't, you can't say you guys, we, we really want to work for you. So we're, we're just going to do that. Like if they have too many drivers out there and not enough path, I mean, it's a supply demand thing. That's true. I mean, maybe the 209,000 drivers in California is just way oversaturated. Right. I mean, and it's maybe, not feasible maybe to maintain. Maybe 150,000 of those are in LA. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just saying that I don't know those numbers. But regardless, I'm, I'm very surprised that that many people, although I do think we've been seeing that it's not quite as many people as we've been told for the past six months. I'm, I'm not sure how many people do support this. I know there are a lot of hardcores who do, who really do want this. Um, but being in the pandemic, we're seeing that it's, it's killing California. I mean, like I said, there's people getting, you know, people who would normally have... Uh, work writing articles for uh, newspapers outside of California who the people live in California are getting letters back from these companies that are news stations they've worked with before doing publications saying we can't hire you live in California that's just already happening so you can't you're now not you're now like you're way restricted on what you can do and that goes then to also remember with employment we don't know exactly how it'll go and I can't sit here and say but I do know a bit about. I've had. I, I've had. I've had quite a few different jobs, um, and they've all been quite different from each other. But one thing for sure that I think I can say about myself is it's always been hard work. I've had salary jobs; those suck. I mean, they suck. You know, I could get stuck when I, you know, like working for weeks and get the same pay as like when we're dead. Like it just it it sucked and be sent out a country and I, I just, I just think that this AB five thing it it needs to be addressed, but I don't think the way that it's being approached. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I mean, California's suing Uber and Lyft, uh, bef- and that's happening now before the November ballot. Which Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash, and Instacart, and Postmates, I believe, all got uh, raised their six hundred and fifty thousand plus signatures that they needed to get to get onto the uh, November ballot. It just seems like everything's being pushed. The law got pushed into place. Uh, this lawsuit's happening during COVID, and it's. We're not even letting the ballot get here to see what the people want. I mean, we hear some things on social media, but what can you believe everything on social media? I mean, I know I get trolls. I know other people who get trolls, you know, and I, I even see the AB5 trolls on both sides. I see the pro and the con people, and they're just, some of them are just nasty. They're just being. I mean, it's almost like, I won't get into make it political, but it's almost like the the nice protesters for what's going on right now in the country during the day and the, the, the nighttime people who come in to loot, set fires and all that. But I don't want to get political here today. I don't well, want to do I that, think but. that they're definitely... The AB5 movement had good intentions or has good intentions behind it. 
It, the, gig, oh, it does. the gig economy is wanting new. people the to whole, have a, a, a living. Right. The whole gig is, economy is so new, and it's it is there's so much money in it and so many people involved in it that they're now finding that they have to regulate this, but it really doesn't fit into our current categories. I mean, it's it's been all right in independent contractors, but obviously there's problems with that or it wouldn't even be on the table. But I don't think that trying to fit it into employment works at all. I think that it everything ha- it has to be regulated or people are going to be taken advantage of. So they need and, to create regulations for And I'm going to ask you, I'm going I'm to present this at you because I'm going to see if you think the same thing as me too. So with every job, there are people who fit that job. There are people who are great at it. There are people who just do it. And I, I'm going to use bartending for a quick second. I'm going to bounce back. But So when I used to bartend for years, we went through, we, I mean, it was very hard to get a job bartending at our place. But if you did, you got in there and you couldn't handle the volume because we weren't a uh, Chili's on the outskirts of town that saw four people eight in a night. We were three deep on an island bar with 300 people screaming at us and only three bartenders could fit back there. So you had to be able to be awesome at that job. You couldn't even just be a good bartender. You had to be a great bartender. If you weren't, you were getting yelled at by the other ones and you'd end up quitting, not making it, whatever. Now bringing it over to here, I think this also applies to this. I mean, this, this, not Maybe the gig, whole gig economy, but for me speaking, I'm going to just use rideshare. Is not for everybody. I've even, and I'm going to say, I've had drivers. I'm not impressed by at all. I mean, I don't need conversation. I'm a driver too, so I know how it goes. You know, you might be in your own head. You might have something going on, and I'm cool with that. But there are some people who just have been very clearly they are not made for this. To me. You know, they, maybe they should be doing other work because they're just, you have to be outgoing. You have to be fun. Even if your passenger is like, could you please shut up? I'm on the phone. Like, okay, no problem. And you, you handle it that way. But you need to be willing to be outgoing and fun. And you need to be willing to grab the ball and run with it from the get-go. Don't I, I hear a lot of complaints from people about, well, I don't ever get any tips. You know, well, do you talk to the passengers? If they talk to me, sometimes it's a little more than that. I remember as a bartender, I had to initiate a lot of conversation or get something going to make a good tip. So you might have to read your people and figure out something about them in the quick time or the long time, whatever your drive time is, that is some you're in with them. But I'm not saying be fake, but find something they like, key in on it, Weigh in on it and see where the conversation goes. That's where the tips come from. The tips don't just come from getting you from A to B and going, get the hell out of my car. Right. And also earning the good money not only just doesn't just come from getting good tips, it also comes from the hours that you choose to work and your strategy and driving. So like we were talking before, people are not going to make good money if they only work between, you know, 11 and 2. <laughs> On a weekday. Right. And if they're turning on during those hours while they're at home, knowing that they're slow and they can kind of get some things done at home. Because I, I actually know drivers like this too. So I'm actually speaking from firsthand 
some drivers that I've known either, most of which probably don't do this anymore, but regardless, um, used to do this anyway, would sit at home and kind of cherry pick their rides. Well, if that's what you're doing and you're working those dead hours and you're not willing to put in the hours that make $60 an hour, or maybe in your market, the top is 40 on a weekend night. I don't know. But maybe your cost of living is half of what ours here in Colorado is. So, I mean, there's so many factors. But the bottom line is, if, you, if you're not really, if you're doing 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and that's all you drive, you really, you might have one day where you make 100 bucks and you have a great day and it was 33 an hour or something. But... That's not a shift you can count on as money, at least in my market. I don't know. I Maybe you people live in a market where New York City, like, uh, uh, that uh, that does happen. But uh, I don't know. I mean, and here in Denver, 2 to two to 11 is, is kind of the dead hours, or 2 to 11 to 3 or 2. Um, you know, it's just, you gotta, you gotta roll with it. You have to be willing to work. And I'm not saying late nights. I, I gave up on late nights a couple of years ago and I still make good money. I mean, I made a rule to be home by 11. You know that, like I used to work nights. I used to work till five in the morning, but now I might just work till, you know, I never worked later than 11, but I just, I've, I've had to modify. Absolutely. And I've also had to modify my pars instead of expecting Okay, I have to make thirty-five an hour. I might have gone to okay. I have to now make twenty-seven an hour, and I have to work a couple extra hours, or I have to do something else, or whatever adjustments I've needed to make. But I'm saying, if you're not willing to do that right now, you're going to get slammed in every industry. I mean, if you're a bartender and you're expecting to go back after COVID and make your forty bucks an hour, good luck. I think it's going to take a year for people to trust bars and things like that and come back. So you're going to be making nothing for a while, or half at best. You know, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people will come out and tip in quadruple amounts, but I don't see that. I, I see people tipping how they've always tipped, and you're going to have less patrons. You're going to do less business. Um, but Marissa and I were talking about if we would get through all this tonight, and uh, because I ran so long last week, I think I, I think this is a good place to maybe pull the plug. And then next week, like I said, I want to come back and do the uh, catch up on all this news and, and just get the PUA put to rest. Um, I got some final questions from some people. I want to see if I can get some more. I want to get some input on this for the week after. So next week I want to do catching up on all this other stuff, but maybe a little AB5, but trying to close out some of these older topics too really find our format, which I think we've got. And then the following week, uh, get back into AB5 on a more in-depth level and maybe maybe even bring in a couple other uh, voices and see if we can get some sound bites and whatnot even of, of some people giving us their views on it and, uh, and, and why they stand on the side of pro or con. And then Marissa and I can maybe even take some questions and, and see where it gets us from there. But... Um, yeah, I mean, Marissa, you cool with that? Can you come back the next couple of weeks? Yeah, awesome. Thanks Tuesday? for having me. Yeah, no, I, I, this is good. I, I, 
much better when I have somebody else in the room that can talk to about the subjects. So I don't have to sound like I'm ranting or anything, but I might be ranting too. I don't know. Anyway, you guys, uh, let's uh, be good to each other. Let's uh, drive safe out there. Be really safe this week. I know the protests are still going on. And, uh, you know, if your city's in, in curfew lockdown and you do eats, if there's any way that you can get by this week without doing eats or DoorDash and you're in a city that's got some high protest, um, especially the late night stuff, that, you know, do what you can to avoid it. Uh, I know that some, I, I know we all need the money, but if you can, modify, do whatever you can. Um, because it is, it's a little worrisome. You know, Marissa, Marissa has kids, I have kids, or I have a kid. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. Everything's crazy out there right now with COVID. And now we got this too. And, um, just be good to each other, be safe. And, uh, we'll see you back here next week. Peace.